Amen. Come on, help me thank God for these young people. What a blessing. I like that. I don't know where they got those gray hair, but it's all right with me. To God be the glory. I'm grateful to those of you that are training these young people. I believe with all my heart, the best investment of your life is to serve in the kingdom of God. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. It's now time for us to honor God with our giving. Anybody excited? Amen. In this church, we just don't want you to give. We want to teach you how to receive. Because if you don't have, then you cannot give. So it's important to me that you are trained and equipped to receive from Almighty God. Please remind yourself about what God said concerning your finances. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Look, you seek first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. And guess what? All these other things will be added unto you. The Bible also said if you give, it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Your cup will be running over. My prayer for you is that you will be a part of that anointing that you live in a, in a world of running over. Amen. And the Bible says, remember the Lord thy God who gives you power to get wealth. Believe it or not, the Bible also said, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for you, the righteous. Amen, somebody. And Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, if you willing, and if you're obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So God made these promises, and he is faithful to his word. Amen, somebody. So the only thing I'm assigned to do is not only to remind you of what God said concerning your finances, but to show you how you're going to get it. It's a bad thing if somebody left a last will testament for you to in inherit millions and millions of dollars, but you don't know how to clean it. So how do we possess our possession when it comes to our finances? Well, I checked with the Jewish people because most of these promises was originally made to them. 
And I noticed that most Jews all around the world, they are rich. So I checked out what is their secret. And what they do, all their earnings, they divide it into three sections. How many sections? One section they spend. And I know you're going to spend. Every time you go to Popeye Chicken, or you go to the mall, or you go groceries, you're spending. It's okay. A portion of your earning, you spend. The second portion of your earning, you save. Many people chose poverty because they live without saving. Are you listening to me? This has nothing to do with how much you make. It has to do with your discipline. You got to save. Some people make millions and they never save. And soon they become broke. Alright? What did I ask you all to do? Save. Save. You know why we have to save? Because there comes a time when it's going to rain. There comes a time there's emergency. The devil does that, you know. You've got to be able to tap into what you save. Amen. If you don't save, then you put burden on the church. Then we have to pass the heart. All right? So the first thing you can spend, you can save, and you must give. See, three sections. That's what those Jewish people do. And they teach it to their children. They don't wait until you're 40, 50, 60, or 80 years old. While your children are little bitty kids, you begin to teach them that principle. You know how you do it? Just give them a small amount of money, $5. And then tell them those three things. Baby, I need you to spend some of it. I need you to save some of it. And I need you to give some of it. And watch that little bambinos. If they spend everything, you know Houston will got problems. Because that's a child telling you, in a few years, I'm going to file for bankruptcy. So then you have to begin to do cost correction and teach those little children. All right? That's what the Jewish people, thank God for the Jews. All right? So every one of you, I'll see you at the top. That's where you belong. Another thing that I did, you know, I like to read. Any leader is a reader. If you don't read, you cannot lead. A few days ago, I was having dinner with Monty Wilson, the CEO of Cabrini. 
I was, we were exchanging books. I said, you read it, I read that, you read. Let's come back and talk about what we read. You've got to be able to read. Amen. In the real world, we call that personal development. If you don't develop yourself, you'll be stagnated. Amen. Every week, I have to read so many books. Every week, I have to go to a webinar to train myself. How can I do what I'm doing better? So that's how I found out about the Jews. Then there is what we call the school of economics. You know, the world, they have a system in place how you can be rich. It's a good system. Consider practicing it. You have to do five things to be rich. It don't take much to get rich, by the way. What's the first thing you do? Make sure you have a budget. Oh, many of us done strike out already. You got to have a budget. Amen. Secondly, you got to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I used to have credit card. Guess what I did to all of them? I cut it. But I want to cut my wife's too. She's been hiding them from me. Because I'll cut it. You don't need no credit card. Get out of debt. Seriously, she hide it from me. Because I will cut it. She tells me I pay it every month. I'm not impressed. Get out of debt. All right? Another thing we have to do besides budget and getting out of debt, you got to save. Notice how the Bible agree with the world or the world agree with the Bible. Both of them talking about saving. You got to save. Amen. And the fourth thing the world suggests, you know I can tell you from my heart because I practice this. I cannot take you where I've never been. The fourth thing is watch out for your relationship. Your relationship can make you a breakthrough. You hang around bad people, they will drag you down. That's right. They will drag you and your money. <laughs> Amen. I've learned some hard lessons. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Even who you going to marry. Always ask that man. Let me see how you handle money. Ask me who is your pastor. <laughs> if you don't, don't sub submit to nobody, you're in trouble. Amen. Relationship. Another thing you need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is give. That's the world of economics in there. The world agree with the Bible. Notice two things they agree on. Saving and giving. That's why Walmart give. Procter Gamble give. 
All these businesses you see in town, they give. Because they know how to win. So you got the truth. You haven't learned to give. That's why you stay broke. That's how simple it is. Five things. Number one, budget. Number two, get out of debt. Number three, save. Number four, watch out for your relationship. And number five, give. You see how simple it is? Then I check out the lives of people who are rich. I study every one of them. I can tell you how Bill Gates got rich. I can tell you how Ellen Musk got rich. Every one of them, I begin to study them. Then I make my children learn from them. They want to talk trash. I talk sense to them. You know? One of those people I read about is Jeff Peso. You know what he said? How he got rich? He said, get you a career. Mm -hmm. He said, if you don't have a career, make sure you get one. He said, turn your career into a calling. You know what that means? You've got to be passionate about what you do. You wake up in the morning, it's all about what you do. In the middle of the night, it's all about what you do. You're passionate about it. He said, then be careful of your choices in life. We cannot celebrate you for your talents, he said. Because that ain't you. God gave that to you. We cannot celebrate you for your gifts. That ain't you. God gave that to you. But we will judge you by your choices. Because choices have consequences. So he said, I just, I just infest my life making good choices. Then he said, if you can learn to make good choices, if you want to be rich, what you need to do is to solve problems. He said, look for problems. Many of you, you're busy looking for money. You will never find money. What you need to look for is problem. And then solve that problem. Ain't that something? That's what he did. He owned Amazon. Guess what the problem he solved? He created a, a system where you don't have to go to the groceries. You don't have to go to the mall. They'll bring it to you. You see, bam, he became instant billionaire. Not only will they bring it to you, ladies and gentlemen, he can get it to you quick. Before you can go to the mall and come back, I've already ordered what I need, and bam, it's in my door. You see how he got rich now? Solve problem. Problem solvers are the people who are making it good in life. You watch every one of them. And then finally, it says you got to share. He gives away millions. 
Again, they are in agreement with the word of God. So when you see me come here every Sunday and I say, I'll see you at the top. See, what I'm doing is to show you how you get there. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. You belong to the top. That's what the Bible meant when it says, dominate. Replenish the earth. See our God. I like it. Thank you, baby. Even little kids got it. That's what it's all about. I'm believing God for a church where people are not lacking. You have wholeness. Nothing missing. Nothing broken in your life. That generations after you will call you blessed. So they can say because of mama or because of daddy or because of my grandma life is better for me. All minds clear? We're going to pray and the ushers will come. Don't just wave to them. Give. Too many people are making choices to be poor. Giving is receiving. Look at what God is doing in this church. I told the church this morning, in nine days from now, we start construction of a youth facility. It will cost $4 million. In nine days. Today is the 10th. Construction begins the 19th. So we just don't ask you to give, we show you what we're doing. You see, you see this wall now. This is wood. I told the people before family and friends day, the video wall must be up. And I was talking to Mr. Morris earlier this week, your husband I'm talking about. And he told me, Pastor, everything's ready to go. You see how God is blessing this church? I talked to Minister T. It's best to, to preach again. He told me the choir is ready to get their new microphone. He said all the foundations that they need to install is already arranged. In March, one month from now, next month is March. He said, we will have the microphone so you can see what God is doing. This is not one of those church that you just give, you don't see anything. This is the leading ministry in our community. Can I be honest with you? You know what I told my son in the Lord? See, I've been talking stuff behind you. I don't always talk to you. Miss Shirley Gillian, the preacher. But I talk to my son. Amen. Don't take it personal. That's just who I am. That's, my, that's our role. You know what I told him? God is my witness. I said, I just don't want us to win. I want us to win with a gap that even Ray Charles can see this is the number one ministry. That's what I told him. 
It's not enough to win. Win that even the devil have to salute you. <laughs> See, that's what I tell my children. He's my son. That's why I can drill that in his head. See. My brothers and my sister, God has given us incredible opportunity to take over this community. You know, God is my witness. They're having some problem in the city of Boris. An incredible problem. Lord, Lord is my witness. You know what they say? They say, if anybody can fix it, it's your pastor. I don't even live there. Why do you think they're looking for your pastor? It's because of you. <laughs> Are you all listening to me? Don't just pass through this world being ordinary. You are kings and queens. When you walk into the room, all the angels ought to be standing. Because you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. We are trying to hire some famous doctor. We need a cardiologist in this community, you know. Dr. Horton, who is, who is doing the major work of cleaning, planting, pacemaker, uh, fibrillator, and all that. He's saying he wants to retire. They found a Nigerian out of our Owao. Owa. What's that state? Owa. He don't want to stay here because he drive around and say, this is too small. Guess who they look for to convince him to stay? Listen to me. When I say you are the head, I'm believing God that nothing will take place in the city of Alexandria without the blessing of Zion here. You don't have to compromise. You don't have to bow down to nobody. You don't have to join no clique. Just be confident in Christ. Take your rightful place. The world may not like you, but they have to respect you. You are the salt of the earth. Those are not my words. You are the light of this world. You are a city set on a hill. Zion Hill. You cannot be hidden. All minds clear? So now you can imagine when you take your rightful place and some Dumbo out there wants to fire you on your job, he will think twice. You see how this thing works? Or somebody just want to oppress you or discriminate against you. And then they found out the church you belong. You see how these things work? My friend, Brother Anthony Mangan, and the Pentecostals, they are already walking in this anointing. So it's nothing new. You all see where we're going now. Because where there is no vision, people perish. 
we're going to rewrite the history, the story of black men and women in this community. We are here to replenish, to dominate, to rule and reign for the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for understanding. You said it. And all I get in which you get understanding. Lord, I thank you that the days of average living is over. You teach us to think big. And we thank you, oh God, for giving us ideas, godly wisdom. Thank you, oh God, for the unity we enjoy in this church. Ain't nobody fighting, nobody bickering. <laughs> the glory of God is shining. Lord, I thank you that your anointing will continue to reign. I pray for every giver in the house. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon their lives. I pray for more. You said you give seed to the, to the sower. Lord, I pray that you will bless every giver. I pray, oh God, that you will increase them more and more. Wealth and riches shall be in their home. In Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come. The choir will minister. Let's give. I love this young man. I am amazed how well he sung. I thank God for you, sir. Do your thing.
what no man has done. Hallelujah, eh. It's the sound of freedom. Hallelujah, eh. Hallelujah, oh, oh. Oh, let the sound of rejoicing fill this out. Come on, make some noise up in this place. For he is worthy. Celebrating the name of our Lord our God, our Savior Jesus Christ. For he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of the glory. He is worthy of the honor. And he is worthy of all the highest, of all the highest praise. Say hallelujah. it anywhere and it would light up look at your neighbor say I'm one of them long kitchen matches I'll strike anywhere glory to God hey glory to God amen that's what God wants he wants you to strike anywhere pray God. when the brother was singing pray God you should have been to your feet amen saying hallelujah thank you Jesus why because amen you're in the land of the living glory to God amen we just thank God for all that's come out this morning do we have it? Oh, Lord, I, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. But I got to do what I'm supposed to do. Amen. I, I told you, I'm like a kitchen match. I'll strike anywhere. Glory to God. Do we have any visitors in the house? Glory to God. Any visitors? Ah, Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody and say, do you feel the presence of God? All that singing, praise God. I mean, something's wrong if you don't feel the presence of God. Amen. See, if you come here expecting glory to God, you're going to get something. People drive right by my house to go to the casino. Why? Because they, they expect it. I come to church because I'm, a, I'm, all, I'm expecting God to move. I'm expecting God to heal. I'm expecting God to deliver. I'm expecting God to set free. Look at today and say, I'm expecting. Not next week, no, but right now. 
Somebody say hallelujah. Anyhow, do we have any visitors? No any visitors? Praise God. Well, we all family growing. I thank God. Oh, we got one over here. Praise the Lord. Glad to have you, brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. Want to share with us who you are? Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the. Amen. We're glad to have y'all. Praise the Lord. Come again. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. He sure is right. Praise. I got my when Pastor was speaking. I got my little notebook out. Amen. I want to catch everything coming out of his mouth. Glory to God. Amen. That's how you be blessed. You know, some of us will sit here and just go home like, Amen. Ain't nothing happening. But you got to catch that catch that jewel. Amen. When it's coming out. Amen. Glory to God. Don't wait. Amen. Because the Bible says the enemy come immediately to steal the word. You got to take it, eat it, and digest it. Oh, Lord. Let me close. Hey, glory to God. Somebody say, I'm going to eat it, I'm going to digest it. And then I'm going to speak it. Glory to God. He said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. You have not because you what? Oh, y'all sound like y'all read your Bible. Amen. Amen. You got to know the word if you come here. Glory to God. Amen. Let's pray glory to God. Amen. Father God, we thank you for every visitor, Lord God. We thank you for family, Lord God, because we are family, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for moving by your spirit, Lord. We got you continue. Let the spirit of God rule and reign on this service, Lord God. Give the pastor strength. Give him a fresh anointing, Father God, as he preach and teach your word, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask you to, amen, stand up, praise, go around, amen, and Greek people tell them you love them and God love them too. God bless you. Amen. What a fellowship. What a joy to find out leaving on the everlasting God.
this morning. What a powerful ministry. Amen. I want to share a few things with you before we go home and watch Super Bowl. I know you're going to watch. We might as well tell the truth. Open your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 18. I just want to call your attention to one verse. We are grateful to our guest this morning. Uh, Coach Sacri is a, he's one of our beloved here. He's very active in the church. Not only does he mentor our young people, but he is part of our music ministry. And we are grateful for that. A brother can play the drum. The book is St. Luke, chapter 18, verse 42. The Bible says, And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Take note of that. Receive thy sight. Thy faith has made you old. Lord, I thank you for the word. Bless it, O oh God. Bless your people. Bless our hearing. Make us a better person. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you on the subject titled, The Gift of Sight. The gift of sight. Everyone under the sound of my voice, myself included, we need sight. You might be wondering, Pastor, I can see well. I drove here this morning. I can read, but that is not sight. There is a spiritual gift that is available to every child of God that you can receive this morning. And if you receive it, your life will be better. And what that gift is, is the gift of what? Sight. Ladies and gentlemen, the passage I just read to your hearing is an actual story in the word of God. There was a man who was blind. The Bible called him blind Bartimaeus. Guess what he was doing? He was sitting by the side of the road doing what? begging. Am I still in the book? Ladies and gentlemen, one day he heard that Jesus was passing by. Guess what he did? He cried out. And Jesus stopped. Jesus heard him cry. Then Jesus asked him, hey boo, 
What do you want me to do for you? And the man told Jesus that I may receive my sight. Now that story ended up by Jesus saying, receive your sight. Your faith has made you whole. Ladies and gentlemen, please take note of one thing up front. When Jesus asked him, what do you want? Notice he did not say, open my eyes. What he said is, I want to receive my sight. That's why I told you up front, just because you can read, just because you drove yourself to church this morning, doesn't mean you have sight. Are you all see here? There's a difference between open eyes and open sight. What we need this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is the gift of sight. Let me remind you that Jesus in his ministry, performed many, many miracles. Am I right about that? And one of the miracles that he performed is opening blinded eyes. If you get a chance to study the Bible, we have to do that, those of us in ministry, you will find out that at times, Jesus healed everyone that is sick. At times, he could not do many mighty work because of people's unbelief. Am I right about it? But one thing I found very consistent, there was no record of any blind eyes that Jesus could not open. So this gift I'm about to talk about today, you can receive it if you want to. Ladies and gentlemen, when a person is bankrupt in his sight, that person will be limited for life. You got to have your sight. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, there are many, many Christians who can see, but they have no sight. Did you hear what I said? They are saved, but they have no clue how to tap into the intelligence of the spirit. That's what I meant by sight being able to tap into the intelligence of the spirit so that you can function at a higher level than most other people. Ladies and gentlemen, these people that I'm talking about, they go to church blindly. They pray to God blindly. 
they worship God blindly. So as a result, if you look into their life, there is no glory. Have you ever seen people that are active in the church? They wear the badge of a Christian, but there is no beauty in their lives. What is missing, my brother and my sister, is a lack of spiritual sight. Many people, because they are lacking sight, they are busy chasing destinies that are not earmarked for them. So today my assignment is to help you and help me, help all of us to receive the gift of sight. John the Baptist was a great man. His assignment was to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And as long as he was serving in that capacity, no devil could touch him. He could speak to the government of his days. He could speak to the society, even the religious leaders. No one could mess with him. But when he fell away from his calling, the same man that anointed Jesus Christ, the same one that announced the coming of the Messiah, the same one who ordained Jesus' ministry, he died in a very bad way. My brothers, my sister, I'm trying to suggest to you what he experienced was not the reward that God promised to everyone that served him. I don't want you to be serving in the church and then miss your destiny. I don't want to be preaching for years and years and miss the joy of serving the Lord. Will you believe he said no one who have left their father, their mother, their brother, their sister, uncle, for the sake of the gospel, they will not go without reward in this life and in the life to come. Double portion of blessing. But the key is that you have to make sure you have have your sight and you keep your sight. And let me warn all of us here, just because you had sight yesterday don't mean you have sight today. Some people have sight and they lost their sight. Ladies and gentlemen, my prayer for you this morning is that you will not lose your sight. Amen. Amen. When blindness comes in the spirit, you become barren. 
you're not able to be fruitful. You cannot maximize your potential. Can you imagine me trying to do great things, but I have no sight? Ladies and gentlemen, look at the life of the blind Bartimaeus. Have you noticed that he got legs to walk? Notice that you got mind to speak. Notice that you got mouth to speak. But without his sight, look at his situation. Because he had no sight, he was begging. Having no sight will make you a beggar in life. So what I'm about to share with you, you need to have it. You cannot delay it. You cannot defer it. You cannot say maybe tomorrow, today. In times like this, you've got to be sure that you have sight. Motion without direction will take you nowhere. You're moving, but you can't see where you're going. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice, he got sight, but he still end up needing the help of God. One of the consequences of blindness is what I told you, is begging. So just because you have eyes that is open doesn't mean you have sight to see. If you have sight, it will manifest in four ways. Because some of you may be wondering, do I have sight or I don't? If you receive this gift I'm talking about today, four things will happen to you. So in a few minutes, I'm going to pray for those who want to receive it so that you can have these four things. Number one, you will begin to have dreams and visions from God. When you get a chance, read the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. It talks clearly about your young men will see visions. Your old man will dream dreams. God wants to reveal to you what you need to do on your job with your family. Who you're going to marry. Where you're going to live. God talk to people through dreams and visions. Because many of us, we have no sight we have allowed the devil to be talking to us in our dreams. I'm amazed how many people will call me, both in the church and outside the church. Pastor, can you please interpret this dream? And you know what happened most of the time? They will go and watch some horror movies. And then I get in their spirit. 
And now they're dreaming about it. Now the witches are coming. Now they see a gorilla. They see a monster. Pastor, can you break this down? They're having dreams. They're having vision. But it's a counterfeit from the devil. Because they invited that spirit. But God is in the business of giving visions and dreams to his children. Your spirit can receive a download from heaven. If you don't believe me, remember in Genesis chapter 41, verse 45, King Pharaoh had a dream. And he had no clue what that dream is about. It was Joseph who came and told the king, what you saw in your dream is God telling you about what is going to happen. Are you listening to me? You don't have to be beating your head against the, the bush. God wants to reveal to you what will happen before it happens. Wouldn't it be nice that before anybody come up with some story on your job, you already knew about it? Just think about it. Wouldn't it be nice here you have find yourself in, in the hospital, in a hospital bed, but before the doctor could come up with his report, God already tell you what's going to happen. When you receive this gift of spiritual sight, one of the symptoms is that you begin to dream dreams. You begin to see vision. Your children can be living out of town, out of state. And if something is happening to them, God will show you. Before your child calls you, you will call him or her and say, baby, what's going on? You need this kind of sight. You are living with too many surprises. It is never the will of God for you to be surprised all your life. When you receive the gift of sight, God will begin to show you things in your dreams, in your vision. Did you know, this might surprise some of you, the, the story of the Israelites is that they went to Egypt, and they became slaves. And they were there for 430-something years. Would you believe that God has shown that to Abraham? In a dream. Long before they traveled to Egypt. That's the kind of God you serve. If you are not living in that realm, you need this gift of sight. The future of your children ought not to be a surprise to you. 
God is my witness. When my children are little bitty kids, I did like Adam did. God told Adam. Because Adam said, what about all these blessings, all these animals, all these trees? And God told Adam, whatever you call them, that's what they will become. Every one of my children, they think they are making a choice. I have called the choice for them. While they were still in the womb. Are you listening to me? There is a realm of sight that the devil cannot surprise you. You are ahead of the game. Even when wicked people, they're conniving. What they're going to do to you, how they're going to mess you up. They will stumble and fall. Though our holes and camperan. That is why the psalmist say, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Now tell me, who? Who shall I fear? God wants to download. There was a preacher in Israel. Every time the Assyrians are planning something, this preacher, God will reveal their plans. And the preacher will tell everybody. They finally figure out, they say there must be a, a bad dude in the other side. There must be a spy here. He is not a spy. God wants to reveal things to you. Are you still here this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, Solomon became the richest man on this planet in his days. According to the scripture, guess where he got those riches from? In a dream. He was sleeping just like you sleep. Oh, is there anybody here that don't sleep? I sleep. Last night I slept. I slept good. While Solomon was sleeping, God gave him a dream. God showed up in his dream and God asked him, what do you want? Ask me anything. It was in the dream that Solomon said, Give me wisdom. And he got it. Remember Joseph? We call him Joseph Walala. In English, it means Joseph the dreamer. How did he get the wisdom to become number two in the whole country? It was through a dream. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Your God wants to speak to you through dreams. Your God wants to give you vision. You are busy toiling. You're working too hard. Now you have a wrinkle. 
The makeup is not helping no more. What we need this morning, brothers and sisters, is to receive this gift of sight. Amen, somebody. When Joseph received this gift of sight, the result for him is promotion. The result for him, he becomes second in command. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. Are you still here? God can show you things in your dream. Things to come. Even the timing when that thing will happen. He wants you to know ahead of time. Amen. Many people have been able to avoid dangers. Because God revealed it to them ahead of time. God is so much into leading and guiding. You see, we used to sing that song, lead me, guide me. The way God guides you and leads you in your dreams. Even during daytime, he will show you open vision. Here you are, you are driving on Highway 49, and the Holy Spirit will say, no exit. Because he can see ahead. Are you still here? Many people would not have died if they had this gift that I'm talking about. If they only had sight, they would not have died before their time. We all need our sight. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to download special words in your life. Amen. Amen. If you remember the story of Jacob, he became a great nation. You know the secret? He had a dream. And he saw a ladder. In that dream, a ladder connecting from planet Earth all the way to heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending. His life was never the same again. God showed things to people in a dream. Even if you remember the birth of Jesus Christ, when the enemies gathered to destroy him. How did God cause his escape? He appeared to his daddy Joseph in a dream. Get up in the morning. Take the baby and his ma and the mama. Skip town. Because the enemies are trying to kill him. Won't you like to know when your enemies are conniving and having secret meetings behind your back. Amen. The devil knows the power of sight. So the way he's messing with you and me is trying to distort 
our sight. Distort our vision. So we cannot see or we cannot see clearly. There's something called a blurry vision. Many Christians are living with a blurry vision. They see, but they don't see good. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. The first thing the devil do, you see, they heard the devil's voice. Nothing happened. But when he began to mess with what they see, he was able to conquer them. The Bible says, when the woman saw that the fruit is good, then he fell into the temptation. When you have this gift of sight, people cannot trick you. Did you hear what I said? No, look at Jesus Christ. Judas came. Judas kissed him. And guess what Jesus said? He knew. That's what having this sight would do for you. He said, you use your kiss. Kiss was supposed to be a salutation, but he said, you are a betrayer. You see, one of the things, this I get passionate about, as pastor, everybody will say they love you. But you need the sight to be able to tell who is real. And this is not just for the pastor. Every one of you need this. Peter was saying, I'll do this for you. I'll do that. Jesus said, no, get thee behind me. You are the devil. We need sight to see. Amen, somebody. Tell somebody I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the good news is that in this end of time, God is restoring blinded eyes. That's the good news. That gets me excited every day. It may be you're here today, you're blind in terms of the future of your family. Even I have ministers who will call me during the week. They are blind in their ministry. People are working on their job. They have no clue what the future holds. Maybe you are at the point of making a decision. Do I stay on this job? Or do I move to another job? Do I stay in this department? Do I go to another department? Do I stay with Brother Baba? Or do I stay with Riri? It takes spiritual sight to see what is good for you. I remember, I wish I had time to, to break this down. There was a brother by the name Apostle Paul. And they were on a trip, on a ship. And they were traveling. 
And the Bible said the storm came. But God already spoke to Paul. How? In a dream. God already told him, that's right, Pastor. He already know that storm will come. He also already know that nobody would die. How did he know? In a dream. That's why he could stand up and tell everybody, don't be scared. Yes, time will come. But we're going to go through it. And the Bible said, at the end of the day, the storm came. And everybody made it. Some on broken pieces. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a sermon by itself. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're going to make it. In Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, so when you have this thing called sight, the first symptom you're going to see is that God begins to talk to you in dreams and vision. Now, here's a quick test, class. Maybe you're here now, and you cannot even remember the last time that God spoke to you in a dream or in a vision. You know what is missing? Sight. You need this gift. That's your clue there. When I met any man of God, any woman of God, my first question to him or her is, what's the Lord telling you lately? And then I wait for the answer. And I can tell if that man, if that woman had sight or, or he's just blowing smoke. So ask yourself the question, when was the last time that God revealed something to you in a dream? When was the last time that you sit down with your wife or your husband and say, honey, God has shown this to me. Let me give you another quick symptom that you would know if you have sight. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, God will restore to you what we call the gift of imagination. If you have not been imagining new things, great ideas, what you are lacking is sight. Even though you have eyes, but you don't have sight. I don't have time. You have to go home and read these things for yourself. In the book of Genesis, chapter 11, you see God telling us about the story of the Tower of Babel, which, by the way, it was championed by a black man. Let me do some black history so I can help somebody. Because everybody ought to know your history. I'm taking a side journey now. You see, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Am I right about it? Yeah. Say amen. amen. 
there God created two people. What is their name? Adam and Eve. Say amen. amen. Then Adam and Eve have two children. What is their name? Cain and Abel. Say amen. amen. Then Cain killed Abel. Am I still in the book? And then now Abel is dead. And then God cursed Cain. So the family is in trouble. Guess what Adam and Eve did? They had a third child. His name is Seth. Are you all still here? Then Seth have children. There were seven generations of them before God wiped out the whole earth. And the only person that survived was Noah and his family. Say amen. This is black history now. I'm taking, he is not part of my sermon. But in all your get, you got to know who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, Noah had how many children? Three of them. So, three boys. Along with Noah, that makes four boys. And then all of them have their own wife. So, in that ark, there were only eight people that survived. One of those eight is a black man. His name is Ham. Ham is one of the three children of Noah. Say amen to that. Then, those three children, they have their own children. Seth had five kids. Ham, the black one, had four kids. Then Jephthah have seven kids. You got to know the history. Don't just say I'm black and proud. You got to know who you are. I would rather, I would rather be walking around with paper uh, paper bag with thousands of dollars than to be walking around with Gucci with nothing in it. I don't want people just to be, just be, I'm black and proud. Proud of what? You got to know who you are. Amen. Amen. And when you know who you are, and no devil can mess you around. You're walking with a paper bag, but you're loaded. And you see the rest of them walking around with Gucci purse, Gucci bag, and they ain't got nothing. That's a wannabe success. You can be walking around <laughs> with a briefcase in Egypt. If you're a Jew, you're still a slave. You look like an Egyptian, but you're a slave. Ladies and gentlemen, Ham, I told you, have four children. And then when Noah got drunk, the Bible says Ham, the black guy, the rest of them, they were walking backward so they don't see daddy's nakedness. But Noah was drunk. His black son, Ham, turned around. I believe he's black. And the Bible says Noah caused 
not harm, he caused his, his grandchild, Canaan. And Canaan, ladies and gentlemen, is not the only child of Ham. Canaan is one of the four children of Ham. So when somebody tell you black are cursed, that's ignorance walking around. It is one of the four children. And that Canaan, he did not settle in Africa. He went to the Middle East in Israel. That's where he settled. The one that was cursed lived over there in Israel. The other three children, they are the one who populated Africa. I can literally walk you through the Bible until you get to Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, I'm not cursed. And even the one that was cursed who lived in the Middle East, then Jesus came and redeemed everybody from the curse of the Lord. Amen, somebody. So when you have your sight, one of the symptoms is you begin to have imagination. What, Jesus, what God was saying in Genesis 11, when they began to build that tower, God said, we've got to go there and mess it up. Why? He said, because whatever they imagine, they will be able to do. Are you listening to me? There is a gift of imagination. Imagination will take you to your yesterday. Imagination will take you to your future. Before it happens, you can imagine it. Some of you are believing God for a good husband. You ought to see it now. Long before he showed up, you ought to see him so clearly that you can even buy your wedding dress before he came. The gift of imagination. Can I tell you a little secret? Some of you can stand hard too. People ask me, they say, Pastor, you never have any child out of wedlock? I said, no, ma'am. Say, were you that spiritual? No. But I had the gift of imagination. <laughs> I can imagine my future. I can enjoy my imagination with or without a woman. Many of you are lost already. You don't need to be a man to be happy. You got the gift of imagination. That's what God will say. Anything they imagine, they can do it. That's why he changed the language. So they couldn't understand themselves. One way, by the way, let me put it in plain English. Every company, the way they make it big is through this realm of imagination. Incorporate what we call it Department of Research and Development. 
many companies, they will make a covenant with the devil so they can innovate. They can imagine new product, new idea. This microphone is a result of imagination. Before, microphone used to have a long line. You got to be pulling the cord. See how this, you need the gift of imagination. You have to be able to stand out among your peers. I just don't want to be a preacher in town. I want to be the best that God ever made. So that when I walked in, they said, ah, that's not just a preacher. That's a man of God. When he speaks, God honors it. When he put his hand on something, God make it happen. How do you think this building come to pass? Got to imagine it. This was supposed to be Kelso Elementary. This was supposed to be a site for a new hotel. Are you listening to me? <laughs> but, but I could see beyond all of that. You got to see yourself healed. <laughs> God deliver me from a man or a woman that cannot imagine a bright future for yourself. You'll be going round and round in circles. Another thing that you would need to recognize when you have this gift of sight, you'll be able to live in prophecy. Did you hear what I said? Prophetic understanding. Prophetic revelation. You begin to see yourself as God sees you. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe the cure for poverty is your ability to see. You got to see yourself blessed. You got to see yourself healed. You got to see yourself at the top. You got to see yourself promoted before your employer think about it. Amen, somebody. Let me say this in conclusion. You know how the Bible says, eyes have not seen it, ears have not heard it. Am I still in the book? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He said, it's not even been conceived in mind what God has in stock for his children. But it has been revealed, revealed to his children. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you have your sight, one of the things that you're going to have, God will give you the ability to see prophetically. There are many examples of that. You see, one prophet, he was praying, and he told everybody it's going to rain, and he sent his, his servant, go out there and see. Guess what the servant said? He came back. He said, I see nothing. The problem with the church today, the church is full of people.
that don't see. You go, that man of God said, go again. The Bible said he sent him seven times. I admire that man of God. I don't have that patience. I will remove that person from my deacon board. He, he disqualified himself. If you can't see, see how are you going to lead God's people? It was the seventh time when he came back and he said, I did see a cloud. It was a small cloud. The size of a man's hand. But see how long it took him to see. So when you have sight, one of the blessings, you'll be able to walk in prophetic sight. God will speak and you'll be able to walk in it. One final thing that you see is that when you, you begin to gain spiritual insight from the word of God. You know, some people read the Bible. It's just a story. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. He got nothing. Just a good story. But somebody can read the same page. The same chapter, the same verse, and see their healing, and see their deliverance, and see their breakthrough. The Bible, God began to reveal things from the pages. I'm amazed how many times pastors will call me and say, I was listening. In fact, one preacher came today in our 8 o'clock service, and he had me some material. He said, Pastor, will you please reveal this for me? Because I want to gain spiritual insight. He said, I read the same Bible, and I don't see what you see. Do you think I'm extra smart? Of course not. He's probably smarter than me. Most of you here, you're smarter than me. You are born here. You know a lot. You see a lot. Far better than me. I cannot pastor this church without spiritual sight. I will be too deficient. Quick review. Because I'm fixing to pray for somebody. For God to give you more sight. To clean up blurry eyes. That you can see for your children. And see on your job and see in your career, and see in your ministry, in your business. How will you know when you get that sight? You begin to dream and see vision. Say, I got it. Number two, you begin to imagine things. Imagine things. You're not even there, but God will show you the future. I saw Zion Hill 20-something years ago. The same thing we're experiencing today. I've seen it a long time. The committee, they invited me. What do you see for the future of this church? They're very smart people. That was a profound question. I hope they ask every candidate that apply. 
you got to be able to see. What do you see for your children? What do you see for your future? Where do you see your business five years from now, ten years from now? Dr. King, going back to black history, he said, I have a what? A dream. One time he said, I've been to the mountaintop. That's right. He said, I've seen it. I've seen the, the ability to see is what I'm preaching about today. I just don't want us to celebrate without knowledge. I want you to see. See yourself as God sees you. See the future of your children. See the future of your career. See the future of your ministry. The devil cannot mess with you. All mind slave. Now everybody stand up. I want to pray with you. In fact, I want all of us to pray. Somebody who is going to pray for us. Amen. Find somebody. Hold their hand. Hey, hey maybe I, I should pick up my preaching. That's the right Reverend Dr. Tracy Button. Will you please come and pray for us? All the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ain't that something? The Lord bless him and promote him. And he's still connected. That's the kind of church you need. Where people live and they are still coming back. Because they have attachment. There's a young lady in D.C. I forgot. It's one of those Crockett girl. I forgot her name. Pretty young lawyer girl. And still connected. That's when you know you have a real church. People leave a church and they never come back. Because their church had nothing to offer. There's a fellowship here now. The relationship here that will last for decades. Some people find their own spouse in this church. Amen. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. There ought to be a real church. We are real people. I was talking to uh, Roger, not Roger, what's his name? Jerry Williams. We're trying to do a concert this next month, actually. Because I didn't know we were going to have a concert in the summer. I was planning an alternative, you know. That's how your, your past was. You got to fill in the space. So you got this guy. I don't remember the name of the artist. What's his name? The quarry? Is it Zakazila? <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> but somebody is coming. <laughs> and I sat down with Jerry Williams. I said, look, you are, you are slow not to be active in the church. He said, Pastor, I want to thank you. I've seen you mention my business four times. You know what I told him? This is not too spiritual. I said, I promote those who promote me. If you not do anything for the church, I will never mention your business. I've got the money. Why should I be promoting your business when you don't give to the church? You don't do nothing in the church. 
You've never been on to help us build or move this ship. He cried and I cried. He said, I appreciate your honesty. He said, that's the way it works. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for coming back. This man is going to lead us in prayer. Will you please let me welcome the man of God. Glory to God. And I thank God for this word that has come forth. And I'm going to do my assignment and to pray, but I will share this with you. Yesterday, I had the awesome opportunity hanging with my son, and we met with uh, Deacon Jackson and everything. And in our conversation, because my son has a real big heart and he's concerned about our community, and he, right now he's understanding better the things that he was taught earlier. And it was a, the scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, the way I would teach it to them, it's like everything starts between your ears. Everything starts with a thought. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when our pastor is teaching us about our vision, when he's teaching us about our imaginations, how do you see yourself? How do you see your circumstances? Better yet, how do you see the creator of the heavens and earth? How do you see our God in your situation? Because how you see your God in your situation is going to dictate how you're going to live. Now, the scripture tells us in the Old Testament, Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, how do you see your God? Are you in the furnace by yourself? Or do you see your father in heaven saying, I'm with you. I got your back. We're going to do this together. But what is your imagination saying? And you cannot go by what you see with your eyes. The world will tell you you're limited by what you see with your naked eyes. But our pastor has taught us what you see with your eyes is limited. That is not imagination, and it surely is not vision. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See your father connected and concerned about everything about you. Last word on this. The scriptures tell us he knows the very hairs on your head. He is concerned about you. There is no issue too big or too small or too minute. If you concern, he concerned. So take it to him. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you humbly in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we recognize with our mouth and with our hearts that you are the Father that created the heavens and the earth. Father, your word teaches us that your son Jesus was with you in the beginning. And that your son Jesus is more than your son. He is God with you. Your Holy Spirit. You're one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And your spirit is present in our lives. And your spirit says, I will remind you and teach you. And Father, we just received the word reminding us and teaching us about the imaginations and the dreams and the hopes that we have within us. And that those dreams, I hope we should not allow the pains and the suffering of this world to, to squash to remove 
the hopes and dreams that you have placed inside of us. From the very beginning, Father, you planted a seed in us, and that seed is desiring to be fed and, and to birth and to make a change in this world so that the world might be able to see the love, the power, and the glory of your presence in our lives. But it's not only seeing us when now, Father, it's in the struggle. It's when we're getting up out the dirt. It's when we've been put down and pushed down and talked about, lied upon. That's when you show yourself strong in our lives. That's when you show yourself strong in our lives. And it is the vision and the imagination and the dreams that says we are victorious in spite of. Father, bless us to feel the presence of your Holy Spirit that as we go forth out of here today, that we don't leave the way we came in, but we leave a little bit wiser, that we leave with a little bit more hope and encouragement because soon as we walk out that door, hell is waiting on us. But Father, we know we are victorious. So regardless of what Satan brings our way, regardless of the pains and the hurts, God, you're there and you're saying we are victorious. So Satan, you bring your best, Jesus is going to bring his best, and we are victorious. Let us, Father, have the presence of your word inside of us when we go out. And the hard and difficult times try its very best to take away the dreams the imaginations of a better and brighter day, not only for ourselves, but for our children and for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our great-great-grandchildren. Father, fill us with your spirit that we have the courage, the hope, and the confidence to live a victorious life, not just think about it. But word, your word says, Father, be ye transformed by the renewing. Bless us to understand renewing is a constant thing. It isn't, it's one and done. But each and every day, Father, fill us with your spirit that we might strive every day, supping and enjoying your word, your presence and your spirit that's renewing our minds every day, encouraging us and telling us we're not what the world has said we are. Father, we thank you for the word that your pastor gave to us this morning. The word that told us clearly, we are not cursed. For we have been taught time and time again, we are cursed that you cursed us. Thank you, Father, for a man of God who has spoken your truth to us to let us know that we're the heads and not the tails. We're above and not beneath, and we shall not come behind in any good thing because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And because we have been redeemed, we come before you saying, Abba, Father. We come before you saying, Daddy, because we have a relationship with you. Father, for each and every soul and each and every child that is here, may they hear this word, Father, and plant it deeply within their souls, Father, where the good, bad, or the indifferent times will not take it away, that our children, that they know that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. That they know that no weapon formed against them shall conquer them. Bless our children, Father, and our children's children, that your power and your truth will permeate within their souls. And bless us old heads, Father, that we will speak life and love into their lives. And when they get on our last nerves, 
And when they mess up, may we not give in to the flesh, but give in to the spirit, your spirit, and speak life over our children so that they'll know even when they make the worst kind of mistake that they can imagine, you, Father, are looking at all of us and them and pulling them up out that miry clay and you're making a masterpiece. And those things which Satan has intended for evil, you, my Father, are going to use it for good and for our blessings, but your glory. And whenever you're glorified, we're going to be blessed. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And Father, we just give you the praise and the glory in the name of your holy, righteous, powerful son that sits at your right hand, who intercedes on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the presence of your Holy Spirit. And we claim in our souls that we are victorious and we shall live with a renewed mind, renewing it day by day and imagining the wonderful things that you have for us, that this world might see you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my brothers and sisters in Jesus, this concludes our service, but we're going to do a benediction. And in that benediction, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we will have the blessings of God on us, not only for this moment, but moments to come. And as you can see, our pastor and his lovely wife are here. So that means you have the opportunity to come and greet them. But I will say this, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do not hesitate to do so. For the word of God teaches us, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God, he died for our sins and he sits at his right hand, our Father, then we will be saved. So at this moment, the benediction, Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you bless us with the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit as we walk out this door. We proclaim, Father, in the name of Jesus that we are blessed and our children are blessed, that our business is blessed and our jobs are blessed because you're there with us. Fathers, touch our hearts that we will share the goodness of Jesus, not only in words but in the actions, Father, that the Bible will be seen, Father, in our lives. Father, may these blessings go with us henceforth and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, please come forth and greet our pastor and, uh, and his lovely wife.